Well, good afternoon. I can't believe another week's gone by. Um, here I am in the studio with uh, two lovely live guests today. We have got uh, Kirsten and Alan from the Hearing Centre. So uh, Alan's from the Hearing Centre in Nottingham uh, at Beeston. And um, Kirsten is about to be opening in Chesterfield very soon. It would help if I put your mics on, wouldn't it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Good afternoon. Welcome, welcome both of you to uh, Thank Kirsten you. and Thanks Alan. Thank you. Okay, you're most welcome. Every week something happens in the in the studio here. Uh, this this week the website is down, so um, I can't even tell people to come and listen on TuneIn because they won't be listening because the website's down. But I have put, just put it on Facebook. So if anybody's listening out there, then uh, pass pass the word around, please. Uh, go to tunein.com. Um, or you can ask Alexa, just ask, um, say, Alexa, play Elastic FM. So um, hearing is what we're here to talk about. So uh, what led you, Alan, to uh, open the business? I know you started first in Nottingham. So, so what was it that uh, drew you to the hearing yeah, world? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I started um, as an audiologist back in 2004. I was actually um, uh, a senior manager for a, a well-known supermarket before deciding to change career altogether. Uh, so for um, approximately the last 15 years, I've um, worked for um, national chains in audiology. Um, and I was getting a little bit um, disgruntled, shall we say, with the sort of um, production line mentality that, yes. they, um, uh, that, that you have to adopt in that uh, in situation. And also uh, the limitations on the actual hearing aids that we could prescribe. Um, so becoming independent was something that I've uh, thought about for a while. Um, and it's now given me that freedom to um, have the time that, that I need with each individual patient, but also being able to uh, prescribe uh, from the whole of market, shall we say, rather than having the limitations on the, uh, the different types of hearing aids that we can uh, dispense. Okay, so um, you decided to go alone and uh, take that very brave step because yeah. after working uh, in-house as it were for a number of years absolutely uh, that must have been very very scary for you it, <laughs> indeed it was and and still is but so far so good um uh, i wouldn't say that i'm earning anywhere near as much money as i used to but um it, it's not really about that um it's about doing it for yourself um and having that satisfaction of of, of being able to spend that quality time with each individual patient Okay, we'll talk more about that in a moment. So, uh, Kirsten, you, you're yet to open, and you've just heard Alan say it's still scary and it's not earning much money. Why are you doing it? <laughs> What's the why um, for you? To be honest, um, there isn't any worry for me because uh, I'm just so excited about it. Um, it's the type of industry where there's always going to be work. There's always people with hearing problems. Um, there's always people that need attention and they're looking for better solutions for their hearing. So um, I think going it alone, uh, it gives us the opportunity to put your own stamp really and your own care on your own practice uh, without being dictated to by uh, maybe you know your previous employers, uh, large chains where you, you're more restricted in what you can do. So hopefully uh, we're going to we're going to see a practice that really uh, encompasses uh, all walks of life and uh, you know we'll be able to accommodate anybody and everybody who comes in through that door. 
Brilliant. So were you, well, have, have you also escaped from an in-house I scenario? I have, I have. I've actually been in the hearing industry since about 2003, but I only qualified 10 years ago as a hearing aid audiologist. Um, the company that I work for, I actually started with them um, as a receptionist, believe it or not, but then they had their own in-house training and I asked if I could go on that training and that just progressed to me sort of becoming um, an assistant to a hearing aid audiologist and then uh, once my, I've got two older children, once they were at an age where I could devote a bit more time, uh, I went on to do the full qualification which I achieved in 2009. Brilliant, that's, that's really encouraging as well and, and, and a great role model. Um, I'm, I, I used to give advice and guidance to um, uh, university students and, and teenagers, you know, where do you go for work, what do you do? And I always say, follow your passion. And mm. also to open, uh, use, use a door that's open, it doesn't matter where you are in an organisation. So you started as a, as a receptionist and I you've did. worked your way up. I mean, that's, I that's did. brilliant. I mean, um, from being a person that always did sort of um, shop work, which by no means is menial work or anything like that, I feel like I fell into this by accident because I was fortunate enough to... Uh, I wanted to get away from retail and get into a more office environment, which um, I was able to do. But then just through being with that particular company, it opened the door for me to, um, you know, get a, a university degree and a qualification that I've now been able to um, develop and now to start up on my own. Brilliant. Mm. And uh, we shall talk about a bit more about that in a moment. Let's have um, a little lively little number from Chubby Checker. So we've got um, Kirsten and Alan from the uh, hearing centres in Chesterfield and Nottingham. And we were just talking about um, how you've escaped from uh, working under the umbrella of a bigger brand to um, setting up your own business. And um, I didn't realise, but you're, but you're husband and wife. So we that are. is a really, <laughs> really brave step. Um, to uh, to be able to uh, to set up together i mean i think that's 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 lovely yeah well alan took the step first um i had to stay on a bit longer uh where i was before to uh, in in order to have a regular income uh, for a little you know for a few more months um but uh, the time has come for me as well Brilliant. Okay. And uh, I'm presuming somebody's mentoring you in terms of uh, husband and wife working together, even though you're, you're physically separate, one Nottingham, one Chesterfield branch. Yeah, that's right. Uh, husbands and wives working together because you, you, you it's inevitable. You're going to take your job home, aren't you? You're going to go home at night and you're going to be, guess what customer I had today? And um, did you know Mrs. So-and-so yeah. said this or did that or whatever? And it can, it can really, it, it's exciting to start with, but I've been there and I know what it's like. Um, it can take over your life to the point where you have no life so uh, just a word of warning from auntie elaine <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> okay so so alan what kind of things do uh, do people come to see you um about uh, obviously you know, um in, in the hearing world because it's not just yeah. hearing tests is it no it's not i mean in, in general it's 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 divided into two things in the main and that is um, hearing tests and hearing aids um, but also a big part of what we do now is um, earwax removal. Um, so what we're finding is that the funding is being pulled by the local surgeries. Uh, so GPs and nurses um, are not performing the procedure as much anymore. So 
that's really um, opened the market for us. Um, and uh, we're finding that we're getting very, very busy with that. So we're trained in all aspects of wax removal. That's um, instrumentation, whereby we would be picking the wax from the ear. Oh, God, that sounds gross. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> that sounds absolutely <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, irrigation. So irrigation these days is not uh, the old sort of metal syringe that you might have a, a picture in your mind of. Uh, it's an, an electronically controlled pulse of water. Um, but then the most modern technique now is microsuction. So essentially vacuuming the earwax from the ear itself. Does it hurt? Um, I'd like to say no, but I mean the ear canal is an extremely delicate place. So it, it, for some people it can feel perhaps a little bit uncomfortable, but that's usually extremely short-lived. I think it's a bit noisy as well. So I think as long as people are prepped before you begin um, and they're warned that... Uh, it is a quite noisy instrument that you're going to be using. Uh, they know what to expect then. Indeed. So um, the equipment, the equipment must be really expensive, and and you're setting up not one, but you're setting up two branches. Mm. So so how do you how do you get funding for something like this, or is it something that you've you know saved and saved and you're you're, you're fronting up yourselves? Um, I'd say a lot of it we're fronting up ourselves. Um, there are certain manufacturers that will give you certain sponsorship on certain equipment if you're um, promoting their products as well. Um, so if you can draw on that type of sponsorship, then uh, that does help. Okay. So um, presumably there's a website. How do, how do people make appointments, Alan? Um, yes, we do have a website. Um, you, you would um, Google the Nottingham Hearing Practice um, in Beeston. That will bring our website up, or you can find it directly on www.nottinghamhearing.co.uk. Uh, there's a lot more information on that site, um, and I'm also in the process of making a few um, informational videos as well at the moment, which we're hoping to upload to our site as well, so giving people a real sort of foresight into what their appointment might entail before they uh, arrive for it. How long does an appointment take? We allow for a, an earwax removal appointment 45 minutes. Um, we don't like to rush our procedures at all. Um, if it's a hearing test then we'll allow um, potentially an hour and a half and sometimes even longer uh, because what we like to do, we, uh, we're a free trial specialist, so we don't believe in anybody purchasing hearing aids unless they've had a um, chance to try them in their own environments from day to day. You've got a customer already, Alan. In fact, actually, I think it might be for you, Kirsten. Oh, really? Yeah, one of our presenters, Sharon, is listening. Hi, Shazza. Oh, hello. Hello, Sharon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, she's uh, got somebody in the house who needs some attention, mm. and uh, she's saying that her local surgery doesn't uh, do hearing tests and, and removal any longer. Right. Okay. I'm, not, right. I'm not sure about tests, but uh, removal. Okay, well, if, they, if she wants to make inquiries to uh, chesterfieldhearing.co.uk, or there is a phone number... 01246 um, The shop actually isn't open just yet. It should be open in a couple of weeks, but an, an appointment can be booked in, I'm sure. And I'm sure there's uh, ways that you can get a gift voucher. How about that for Christmas? A gift voucher should get your ears syringed. Oh, how revolting. <laughs> We've not thought of that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good idea, actually. <laughs> what, what, else could you, what else could you give a gift voucher for? For, uh, for your hearing centre? 
Um, how about a box of batteries? Oh, <laughs> there's a got hearing aids already. Yes, yeah. And the hearing aids now are so tiny, aren't they? You, you, Absolutely. Most yeah. of them, you'd never know that people were wearing them, would you? They're, they're remarkable. Yeah. 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 There's different yeah. styles of hearing aids, but there's ones that fit directly into the ear canal. And providing the ear canal of each individual is of a substantial size, um, they can have something that's called invisible in the canal, whereby it slips all the way in, and it's very, very difficult for anybody to see. Um, but we've also got these other another style that's called receiver in the canal, um, and they do actually sit on top of the ear or just behind the ear with a very thin wire that comes down into oh, the ear canal. Right. Believe just... it or not, they are the most popular hearing aids that people desire because they don't feel like they've actually got anything in their ears at all. Right, well, Alan has just, uh, while you were talking, Alan's just popped one into his ear yeah. and I honestly can't see it. No. There, there is no way that I could detect that no. had I not seen you putting it in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ha, the do, do they ever disappear? You know, Do they ever kind of get, get in your ear and you can't get them out again? No. No, no, not no. at all. The no. beauty about this style as well is that it's so comfortable, so it's, it's easy to forget that you're wearing it on a day-to-day -day basis, whereby the alternative, which is something like that one, also a really, really small in-the-ear type product, that right. has to be custom-moulded for the shape and size of the individual. That looks ear. like a piece of um, Play-Doh to me. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, chewing gum. <laughs> you can imagine a lot of people will feel um, are quite occluded with that in the ear. So from a comfort perspective, it's still good, but it, generally speaking, is not going to be anywhere near as good as the one that you see me modelling at the moment. So. Right. Okie dokie. Well, I'm just going to play a song that um, I'd actually chosen before I realised that um, uh, it was a hearing show today. Um, you might smile at this one. So you're listening to Elaine Godley on uh, Elastic FM, Perfect Health on Elastic FM with Elaine Godley. And I'm joined in the studio by Kirsten and Alan, husband and wife team, who um, are from the hearing company, Nottingham Hearing Company, which is Alan's baby. You've opened that um, a few months ago, was it? Yep, Nottingham Hearing Practice, and I believe we opened in April, possibly May time. Yeah, yeah. All a bit of a blur then, okay. Yes. <laughs> you should go to Specsavers. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. <laughs> and we were talking about the, um, the link between, off-air off this is, uh, the link between uh, Alzheimer's and um, uh, dementia as well, is it? That's right. So, so yeah. talk to us about that, Alan. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of studies done over the last 10 years or more now is when I first started to read some of these studies. Um, but yeah, there's, there's proven links now between hearing loss and the onset of dementia and Alzheimer's as well, which, you know, the fundamentals of that really, when you think about it, if somebody isn't processing sound or being able to engage in a proper conversation anymore, then it, it, it's easy to withdraw into yourself. Um, so it kind of really boils down to that lack of stimulation with the ears. So such an important sense to, to keep stimulated. How often should people have their ears tested? Well, really, I, I would suggest that everybody should have them tested every 12 months, uh, particularly above a certain age. Um, I would suggest if you're uh, 50 or above uh, and you've not had a hearing test, you should definitely be having one um, just to see where, where your results lie. I had my first hearing test about a month ago on the insistence of my son, who, right. who's, <laughs> who was... Uh, 
uh, alluding to the fact that I was I was losing it. And he said, what's the matter with you? You know, you never hear what I say, blah, blah, blah. You know, get yourself a hearing test. So I did. Um, and I went to the, the famous shop on the high street who now yeah. do hearing aid, you know, hearing tests. And uh, I have perfect hearing. Oh, that's good, that's good to hear. <laughs> Which is really good. As I'm now a radio presenter, that would be very, uh, very upsetting if, if not. But um, I can speak sign language, so I can get myself out of jail on that one if, uh, if needs be. So um, <laughs> I, I, I do speak uh, British sign language. So um, how... So, OK, uh, an annual hearing test... What can you do if somebody has got a very slight loss? So maybe something that doesn't warrant a hearing aid, but um, they need a bit of help. Is there anything can be done? Um, I would suggest if a hearing aid is, is not to be prescribed in that case, then you can certainly monitor it, which, again, having an annual hearing test is a good thing to do. Um, but you can adopt certain tactics as well. So usually when it's a very mild loss, uh, the difficulties are going to be mild and they're generally going to be noticed more so when you're in a more challenging environment, like out for a meal in a restaurant or having a cup of coffee in the cafe, etc., um, so adopting some tactics in those situations is, is often a good thing. Sitting with your back um, to a wall, so you're not in the middle of the surrounding noise, for example. Um, and also being in a well-lit place, um, whereby you can see other people's lip movements and, and hand gestures, etc., to help with that conversation. It's amazing, isn't it, how, how much communication there is with body gestures. So um, when I speak sign language, um, we don't use our voice. So we're completely mute, but we've got all these gestures going on and, and facial expressions, hand expressions, body expressions and so on. So you can actually work out, it's not rocket science, to work out what somebody's trying to say to you, even if they, they, they can't speak. Um, and the other thing you mentioned about where you sit in, in a, a place, particularly when you're out in a restaurant or, or in a pub, I think pubs are the worst. Mm. People with normal hearing find it difficult to, to hear in, in, in pubs. And I know that when, when I'm out with older friends who, who do struggle with hearing, they, they, they tell me that if the, if the environment is kind of clear and clean and crispy, so sort of contemporary type of uh, environment, they can hear much better than if they're in an environment where there's lots of soft furnishings. Um, they, they, things tend to get kind of muffled about and kind of voices get lost in the fabric, basically. That's, this mm. is what they're telling me. Is that, is that something? That, I, I think so. Uh, I think, yeah, if there's a hearing problem there, definitely. So people describe it like they're hearing through cotton wool. Everything yes. just becomes... A muffle or, or a mumble. Uh, there's no clarity, no crispness to the conversation, so they they can't or find it very very difficult to distinct, distinguish uh, specific words. Um, but uh, I mean, for people with hearing loss, there's never going to be a perfect solution for them. Often, with or without hearing aids, they still need to use the additional cues that you have from a person's lips or a person's body language so that they, if there are missing gaps in a sentence, they have a good chance of filling in those gaps by looking at the person um, you know, and reading those additional cues uh, so they can keep following. That, that is um, a good point. When you're looking at somebody, when you, when you make eye contact with some, somebody, sometimes you don't actually need to speak, do you? You know what somebody is thinking, mm. saying, even by kind of a gesture, you know, raise of an eyebrow or something like that, you, you yeah. just know. But for people who uh, have trouble identifying facial expressions, autistic people, for example, so 
autistic people who have got a hearing problem, that must be so, so difficult. Um, it's, it's, I have personal experience uh, of autism um, in my family, and it's, it's really difficult because they're, um, they're, some people who are autistic with Asperger's syndrome, for example, they're extremely clever and very bright thinking, quick thinking. Mm -hmm. um, so if you don't catch what they're saying, they can get very irritated with you. So it, it, it works all ways, doesn't it, the, the, the hearing thing? It's, it's a two-way two -way street. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but I think the more aware others are, that those who perhaps don't have problems with their hearing, the more aware that they are, um, aware of how somebody with a hearing loss might be not managing in certain situations, it helps them to address that from their point of view. Um, by you know actually making eye contact with the person speaking slowly um enunciating their words properly mm. um not speaking into their chest but uh you know really uh lifting their voice uh it, it all helps it all absolutely helps. Yeah. and um you know being being kind and, th and anticipating yeah, and what people are going to need yeah, yeah. but also again th there's a balance there between being kind and considerate but also not being condescending mm -hmm. to the point where you're kind of treating the person as though they're a complete idiot but it's yeah. the it's the hearing loss that's causing m the, m the miscommunication yeah that's right um, i think a lot of frustrations for those who have hearing loss is that perhaps they've not heard somebody first time and they say, pardon, what did you say? And, th and then the other person will say, oh, it don't matter. Forget that's, about that's it. That's it, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really hurtful for them. They, they just feel really rejected and when, because of it. When we speak, we don't use our full mouth, do we? A lot of people, I mean, my, myself, I'm very thin-lipped. And I know people who don't know me think um, I'm a lot harder than I, than I am because oh. I, I look... You know, with my with my thin lips, you know, I look harder. Yeah. Um, so um, it's th th there's all there's all aspects to this. So um, are you planning on having any sign language classes or any kind of extracurricular over and above tests in your centres? Well, we we have done. Well, I certainly have done a little bit of uh, sign sign language. Um, we're incorporated with um, uh, another gentleman called Robert Donnan, um, who's been instrumental in helping us set up our practices so far. Um, and he often runs training sessions at his place in Cleckheaton in West Yorkshire. Um, he's got a, a huge hearing centre there, uh, and he also deals with mobility uh, scooters and, uh, and, and devices, etc. as well. Um, and Robert uh, often puts on training sessions, and the last one I attended, in fact, was uh, to do with sign language, etc. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in it by any stretch, but... Uh, it certainly gave me a real appreciation as to uh, how difficult it can be for somebody who's completely deaf um, to communicate. I, I, I was lucky enough to be introduced to a lady, my goodness, uh, my daughter's now 36, so it would be at over 30 years ago. And um, we were at this party and nobody was talking to this lady, nobody was talking to me. Um, so I went up to say hello to her, then found what the difficulty was, that she, she's deaf. Between post-it notes and writing and gestures, we worked out that her son and my daughter are in the same infant school. Aww. So um, this was on the Friday or the Saturday night, whenever. It was an after-hours pub party. And um, on the Monday morning, we arranged to meet in the playground. And we then uh, struck up this 30-plus year friendship. 
and um, she she was washing up in the pub. That's why she was there. Um, so, and and my mum insisted that night that I go to this party. I I wasn't invited. I was the plus one of my then husband, um, and my mum just had a feeling something wasn't right. Anyway. She kind of literally bundled me out the door. She never babysat, very rarely babysat. She babysat. And um, she went to... Um, uh, she was trying to tell me, basically, my husband was having an affair. Anyway, uh, that's, a, that's another story, another chapter. So I went along, um, not really looking forward to, to this uh, evening. And uh, I was so thrilled that I did, because I met Jackie. Uh, we're still friends to this day. She, she, um, I was uh, running a word processing pool for a firm of accountants at the time and um, she um, she wanted to learn to type so I had an electric typewriter I got um, got her lessons and so on and so forth anyway long story short she ended up coming to work in the organisation in London and we used to travel together every day um, on the train and I remember so many times we'd be walking along the road or we'd, uh, I'd walk into lampposts or step into dog poo or whatever because when you're communicating with sign language you can't you can't look away because if you look away the whole context of the conversation will go because a lot of the the letters and the signs are similar so for example h could be holiday hotel hospital yeah. you know um home, all sorts of different um things and uh, one day we were on the platform and uh, we're, we're jabbering away and they changed the platform so the the guy came across and tapped me on the shoulder and he said, platform three, he shouted at me, put three fingers up. And I turned around and said, oh, thank you very much. And he, he nearly jumped out of his skin because he'd seen me, you know, for, for week in, month out, whatever, just, you know, talking with signing. Jackie without using my voice mm. and signing, yeah. And um, another time we, we um, when her son was, uh, was christened, I interpreted the, um, the service. And um, when we went back, so I was up at the front where the font, you know, they do all the water thing with the baby. And um, tell I don't go to church. <laughs> um, and uh, we went back to her place afterwards for the, um, uh, you don't have a wake after a christening. I don't know what it's called. Celebration. <laughs> and um, I was talking to this lady. We were jabbering away in sign language. And Jackie came up absolutely laughing her head off. Myself and this other lady, we were both signing to each other and we could both spe speak. <laughs> Um, so there's all sorts of funny, funny things that happen, but it's it's a skill that I'm so grateful that I I can do. And um, but I forget it's not very often that I have conversations with with people because I don't know. Jackie now lives in Australia, and we uh, we talk via face thing, you know, Facebook and um, uh, whatnot. Anyway, enough about me. Let's uh, have a song. So uh, Dave Clark five, and uh, if you can't hear what somebody says first of all you have to ask them over and over so you're listening to elastic fm perfect health on elastic fm with elaine godley and i'm joined in the studio by kirsten kirsten and alan from the um hearing center group and um kirsten you were just telling me about the um a bone hearing thing through bones it's, 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 tell they're, me about they're not that. done very regularly um, they're only suitable for certain people bone conduction spectacles you have to have a certain type of hearing loss for them to be effective um, but it was really uh, just a particular customer that I went to see on a, on a home visit and he was in um, a home um, a multiple sclerosis sufferer and unfortunately 
completely bedridden, very, very immobile person, couldn't lift his arms up or anything to put hearing aids in. But I was able to perform a hearing test with him. The only thing that was going to be suitable for him was these bone conduction spectacles. So it was a case of a, a carer could put these specs on for him, but the, the sound that he needed could be conducted uh, if you feel the bone behind your ear there the hearing organ, the cochlea, sits right underneath that very hard bone behind your ear. Um, and the sound was conducted straight through the bone. And when we switched those on, I think it's probably the most amazing moment I've had in my audiology career. To see his face light up, it was like this man that's trapped in his body and then couldn't hear, you know, couldn't, nobody could really communicate with him because he couldn't talk and... Uh, he couldn't hear anything, but uh, when we switched these on, it was just the mo most amazing thing I've ever seen, this face light up. Oh, it's lovely. Um, yeah, and just to think that he could have some enjoyment, not that he could say anything back, but he could actually hear what people were saying to him again and maybe get a bit of enjoyment out of watching the TV that was um, hooked up on the wall in front of his bed. You know, he might be able to actually hear something of... Uh, what was being said on there. It was just wonderful. Best, uh, I think, the best uh, results I've ever had. Wonderful. Mm. It's, it's, it's uh, instances like that, that that remind you why you do what you do, isn't it, when oh, you can absolutely. help people? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, sure. it, it's, a, it's a wonderful profession for those sorts of moments. And, you know, it's not just the patient in, in question that you will, you will get that kind of um, um, uh, moment from, but the, the family that are around them as well. You know, they, they, they will break into tears because mum or dad or grandma or, or granddad has, has, has not heard them speak in this way or, or as clearly as this for so long. And they've been, you know, sort of silently frustrated by it. And all of a sudden the, 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 the hearing test has been done, the digital hearing aids have been set to the prescription and they're switched on. And, and it really is just a, a eureka moment uh, uh, in, in, in a lot of cases. It's wonderful. That's fabulous. There's a lot of um, uh, lack, lack of awareness, for want of a better description. People who are ill with any kind of condition, the mm. impact that that has on the family, the friends, you know, the wider community, yeah. the ripples just go out far and wide, don't they? Mm. Yeah, they do. Uh, very often, if, say, for example, a husband and wife come in and uh, say it's either either one of them could have the hearing loss, but the the, the partner is sat there and they say, oh, they're so tired of having to repeat all the time. They're so tired of shouting all the time. Um, they might say, my throat, you know, my throat is actually literally sore um, trying to communicate. And it's just sheer frustration um, because all they want to do is sit and maybe talk with the husband and wife, talk with another family member who's, uh, and, you know, joining conversation with them and they, and they can't. Um, so to restore a percentage of that back to them uh, and make such a massive improvement, it's, it is lovely when you see these success stories. Fabulous. And it's remarkable how many people shout at people who are deaf. Yeah. Um, and it's I'd... not necessarily the volume that they, they need. It's They just need, you know... They just need uh, the speech to be a bit sharper. Yes, yeah. <laughs> when um, I mentioned Jackie earlier on, she, she'd be typing away. Mm. Um, so people would come 
behind her and shout at her, knowing that she's profoundly deaf, mm. and then wonder why why she wouldn't turn around and and and. So in the end, I, I I created various different strategies in the workplace. I'm going back now to the to the eighties. Um, late 80s so uh, we created various different strategies and I talked talk to some some people in the office she was working in some signs and you mm. know between between us we all you know we, we managed and um, yeah there we go so shouting at somebody who's deaf it's not going to work people it's really not going to work no. <laughs> no, just just speaking in a in a, in a in a louder than normal voice but but certainly shouting isn't isn't really the way forward with no. it at all just and be clear and in what you and how you pronounce your words and face the person for sure yes yeah, yeah. And, and and the wider lip movements you know, sometimes um sometimes it's just actually getting their attention before you start speaking to them as well so if they're faced the other way you know just tap them on the arm so that they're aware that you're wanting to talk to them at least then if they're facing you before you start the the sentence um they're more likely to be able to follow what you're saying whereas if they only realize halfway through that you're speaking to them then they've missed half of the first sentence and that's just so frustrating for the well for both parties really because then the whole thing has to be repeated again Yes, yeah. I was at a, um, a business conference this morning, and um, one of the, um, uh, in fact, the host, the um, MC lady, is a, a DJ that had travelled up from Heart um, in London, uh, Heart Radio, and um, she was saying how uh, difficult it is for some people to um, either raise their voice or lower their voice um, when they're, you know, when we talk about the context of situations, how important it is to recognise the difficulties that other people are having. And um, she was uh, saying pretty much what, what, what you've just been saying, but, you know, about facing people and, and so on. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's have a little jiggle with uh, Queen. Uh, no, it's not Queen, it's ABBA and it's Dancing Queen. <laughs> You're listening to Elaine Godley. I'm joined in the studio with uh, Karen, uh, Karen, Kirsten and Alan, a combination there, Karen, Alan and, and Kirsten from the, the hearing company. And um, we were just talking about the, um, the various different devices that can be attached to gizmos uh, around the house um, on a Bluetooth sort of basis to enhance hearing. So, so um, yeah, tell us about that, Kirsten. Yeah. Hearing aids have come on so far. They're not, they're not just a typical switch on and off instrument now. They are digital, they're wireless, they have Bluetooth connectivity. Um, and it's amazing that via little devices that you can attach or stream to your hearing aids, you can enhance your TV listening, uh, you can um, improve massively uh, phone calls either on your mobile or the landline. Um, there's things called remote microphones as well, so if you're in a busy environment, you can attach a remote microphone to uh, a person on the other side of the table or say if you were in a business meeting. Um, again, then the voices stream directly into the hearing aids. They just make so much difference for people. Oh, you mentioned as well while we were off air um, about doorbells. Yes. There's all sorts of devices. That, anything that's got Bluetooth, it can be attached, uh, connected rather, to the hearing aids um, and really, really enhance a person's um, 
everyday experience of listening. Yeah, Brilliant. The, the TV link is uh, one of the most beneficial ones, I would say, at the moment, um, because the um, modern slim televisions, uh, the picture often looks fantastic, but unfortunately, given the nature of the television set itself being so slim, the speakers that are used in them are, are just not very good quality. Um, so we get lots of complaints, don't we, Kirsten, about the uh, yeah. hearing of, 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 of the television and certain programmes in particular. Um, so you can get a little um, device called a TV link or TV connection box, um, which pairs with the hearing aids, and it's a simple plug back into the back of the television set, and that will stream the TV performance, whatever you're watching, directly into the hearing aid. So essentially, the, the television volume can be off for everybody else, so it can be muted, um, but the person with the hearing aids in um, can enjoy that performance. Uh, a bit like having a, a pair of headphones on, but with no wires uh, between the television set and the hearing instruments themselves. So a uh, tremendous piece of kit is, is, is the TV link. So this is, this is something that you can't see, or can you see? How, how, how does it get attached to the, to the hearing aid? Um, some hearing aids have direct connectivity, uh, so that there's a, like a little uh, box that is just plugged into the back of the television, but by, then by pressing a button on your hearing aid, um, that, is then, that goes directly into the hearing aids. Other hearing aids, uh, you need to wear a device around your neck that's called a streamer, and then by means of that streamer, um, you can connect. That is then paired up to various Bluetooth devices. And so uh, when those Bluetooth devices are switched on, i.e. your mobile phone, say iPad, iPod, um, any, anything that's got Bluetooth, a uh, doorbell, um, it can, uh, it'll, it'll communicate with the streamer and that will direct the sound straight into the hearing aid. How does the um, EMF story go with this because i'm hearing all sorts of uh, waves in the ears and the electromagnetic frequencies what 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 impact does that have on somebody's hearing Ooh, over to you alan <laughs> well, it's, it's a really good question it's one that i don't feel that qualified to answer i've not i've not really um had much much to do with that side of things uh, in all fairness elaine um uh, i i certainly recall reading some information within the last year uh, I did have a chap that was a little bit concerned that um, wearing Bluetooth devices in the ear may um, cause further damage to his hearing long term um, and th there was some literature that I, I, I managed to print off and gave to him that um, essentially said that there was nothing for him to worry about but I couldn't tell you the, the ins and outs of that, uh, that report now. Okay, maybe that's a little research project yeah, for you because yeah. I would, if, yeah, if that's question. that's something that I would mm. be concerned yeah. about mm. because um, you know we're hearing now five G, five G apparently has just been switched on in Manchester, um, and then there's all sorts of uh, you know stories about how the the sound waves are affecting us and people who live near these uh, towers, you know how how their health is suffering and sure. so on and so forth. So I know like everything there's there there needs to be studies done and so on and so forth, but I get quite irritated with some of these um uh, studies because they're 
a lot of them are funded by the bodies who want you to keep like you know the milk marketing board drink more milk have calcium mm -hmm. um, well that's fine if you're a cow but you know for humans so th there's all sorts of uh, things you need to look at as to when you know where, where studies uh, are, are funded from but um, yeah I, I think I, I, that would be an interesting one to look at Alan definitely I, I will look at into that and um, if I find that information I, I will put a link on our website to that information as well brilliant and yeah. also on our we've got a, a, a elastic FM page on uh, Facebook so uh, perfect health on elastic FM with Elaine Godley that's that's the health uh, page and uh, I've also I never I would forget to say this on air um, I've got a Facebook group called perfect health with Elaine Godley keeping all the names consistent and I've got about 3,000 people in there now people use it as a, a go-to health resource uh, yeah resource instead resort that's a holiday isn't it <laughs> so a go-to health resource um because there are experts who who are on there yeah. um most of us are not medically qualified but you know uh, grandmother's remedies and natural healing things and um, there's always somebody with an answer and there are some you know studies that are shared on there as well so feel free to to uh, pop pop um, you know, the research and anything about your your uh, company on there brilliant so i ask guests to come up with a couple of songs and um, as there are two of you um, you don't get four you've, you've, you've uh, <laughs> chosen one each so um, I think um, Friday's Child that was yours Kirsten it uh, was it was uh, Friday's Child by Will Young um, I've always been a fan of uh, Will Young particularly I would say his earlier uh, music got caught in all the uh, pop idol stuff when that came out um, but I do like this particular song um, and I feel like I can identify with it a little bit. Um, it's, to me, if anyone's seen the music video to it, where he's learning to swim and he progresses so far and then he enters competitions and then he wins the Olympics and then he swims the channel. And it's, to me, it's just showing with some determination what you can achieve in your own life. Because um, life can be a struggle sometimes. It's not always easy. Um, and I just thought, well, at the stage that we are at in our lives at the moment, and you know, we're trying to work really hard to try and achieve something for ourselves, um, I, I could just identify it, and that's why uh, I chose this particular song. That's brilliant. I did look at the beginning of that when I when I uh, sourced the songs um, for, from guests because a couple of times I've been caught out. I once had a guest chose a song that had swear words in it, which obviously we cannot play. <laughs> we're not the BBC, we're not no. prudes, but we can't obviously play something like that. And another person chose a lovely, lovely song, but it was an eight-hour, uh, eight-minute meditation. Well, you oh, know, wow. <laughs> that's not appropriate. So um, I, know I did have a nine-minute version of this song, I think. But, I was there, uh, gosh. No, it's just the standard. Uh, um, version what they played on the radio <laughs> right okay and I saw the beginning of the video so uh, lining up there the swimming pool yeah with the toddlers um, with the armbands yeah, so on I thought well that's a, yeah. that's a harmless song I'll play that one I hadn't actually heard it yeah haven't you no I hadn't oh, right. no, no. No. so this it's will be lovely. my first first listening you know full through um, <laughs> that, that I know anyway and um, Alan you chose the barricades of heaven Jackson Brown so why did you choose that one um, it's a, 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 just a, a Beautiful, absolutely beautiful song. Um, Jackson Brown has been special to me since the 80s when I started listening to him firstly with my father and also with my uh, stepfather later on. Uh, they were both huge fans of Jackson Brown. Um, so I've kind of grown up um, listening to Jackson Brown. Uh, unfortunately, um, my stepfather passed away uh, a few years ago now um, with uh, leukemia. 
Um, so I chose this uh, in, in memory of him, really. Lovely. So here we go. Friday's Child by Will Young and The Barricades of Heaven by Jackson Brown for you both. I can't believe how quickly this uh, this hour has passed. So uh, Kirsten and Alan, thank you so much for joining me today in the studio. It's always nice to have life guests. Thank um, you, Elaine. So I'm it's not sitting here, here like Billy No Mates. <laughs> <laughs> so Alan, you were you were saying that you offer an advice line where people can phone up and get some general guidance from you? Uh, absolutely, we do. Yeah, it's uh, something that we feel is is really important. Uh, we understand a lot of people. Um, I don't want to sort of broach the subject perhaps in person regarding hearing loss or hearing aids or um, anything to do with that. We, we have a, an advice line where you can call us um, at our practice, uh, which is located on the high road, number 93 in Beeston, Nottingham. Our number is 0115-857-2900. And we're happy to speak to, to anybody about any issues, whether it be hearing aids, hearing loss, hearing tests, tinnitus or earwax removal. And remind us of your website. Website www.nottinghamhearing.co.uk. Fabulous. And Kirsten, your premises is due to open in the Market Square we in Chesterfield. We hope in the next two weeks that we are going to be open. So shop fitting is currently uh, being done. So if anybody is passing 19 Market Hall, that's the marketplace, Chesterfield, uh, you will see the shop being kitted out. The signs are up already. It says Ch Chesterfield Hearing Practice on it. Um, so you will know, uh, you will realise that is where the shop is going to be. But in a couple of weeks, um, we've, we've employed a lovely receptionist called Lindis. Uh, she will be there five days a week to take any inquiries. Uh, we also have a website, which is www.chesterfieldhearing.co.uk. Marvellous. And you both do home visits, I understand. We do indeed, we yes. Do. We do, yeah. yeah we, we offer home visits not just in uh, the locality of our branches, but also uh, Worksop, Doncaster, Lincolnshire um, as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. And um, safe drive home. I gather you're off to pick your son up now. We are. We've got an eight-year-old uh, son together. And uh, usually on the days we're at work, he's at an after-school club. So uh, we're off to pick him up right now. Marvellous. Long yeah. live after-school clubs. Fantastic places. I know, they're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, drive safely. Thank, Thank you for coming you to the studio. Thank you, Thank you everybody.